Welcome to The Inner Room. My name is Marco Nino, and I will be guest starring in today's first reading. I am the editor-in-chief, producer, main consigliere, and everything but the voice of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have a great stay here. He's the wind behind it. He's the one that pushed me off the cliff. He's the one that comes when, like today, I say, Marco, what am I supposed to say about today's reading? It is so good to have you at the studio again, Marco, to look at the readings for the baptism of the Lord. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be back for the 500 episode. It seems like just yesterday. Actually, I can't say that's not true. It seems like a while ago this was started, but I can't believe it's been 500 episodes. If I'm correct, that's over one year. Yes, you that's, were here for the 365 episode. I was a lot. That's a lot of time. A lot of time for sure. So today we are talking about the reading for the last day of the Christmas season where the Lord is baptized by his cousin. Here we have the image of these two young, vibrant men in their 30s that have come to the Jordan River. One of them eats locusts in the desert. He wears camel skin and he is baptizing and we've heard this story that he tells people that ask him, hey, are you the Messiah? He says, no, 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 no. I can't even untie the thongs of the sandal of my cousin who is the Messiah. What an amazing image of family, of knowing your place, of knowing that he must decrease and the Lord must increase. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, because the first reading for today is from Isaiah 42. What do you want to say about that amazing reading? Well, generally, I think that these two readings in the psalm point rather heavily towards the gospel. Um, you hear about God being pleased. Um, he says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, with whom I am pleased. Call back to what mm -hmm. happens in the gospel. Um, similarly, when he says that uh, he will not do, uh, he will not bring justice with shouting or crying, um, but instead with teaching. And we all know that Jesus is the great teacher. So many, many callbacks uh, here in, uh, this is Isaiah, mm -hmm. in Isaiah. Mm -hmm. I love that about the story of salvation, son, that these, Prophet speaking hundreds of years before Jesus is already pointing to the salvation. And we make 800 years is such a kind of, it's a huge number to walk through 800 years waiting for the salvation of the world. And that those words would be the words that Jesus opens up in Nazareth and says, in your hearing, these words are coming true that the Lord himself would have read these words that we are reading today. I mean, I just find that so beautiful and amazing that I keep coming back to the readings just to ponder on the awe of that. What do you make about the way the church connects the first reading to the psalm, as you were pointed out, to the gospel reading? What do you make of that? Well, obviously, it's intentional. Um, I think that maybe the church thinks that we're kind of hard-headed and we need to hear the same thing over and over again <laughs> so that we get the message. I mean, also, I saw a picture once of like 
the Bible and all the connections within the Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's actually amazing. You should take a look at it. I'm sure if you mm. type in mm. something like that, you'll see it. But essentially, um, that's what's going on here. They connect two things from the Old Testament to two things in the New Testament, um, which just shows how tightly woven and, you know, it, it goes to show that uh, the validity of the Bible, because things like that can't just be thought of um, and be so deeply ingrained um, and, and, and come true in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've got a psalm from the time of David, right, that says the voice of the Lord is over the waters, the Lord over the vast waters. The voice of the Lord is mighty. The voice of the Lord is majestic. And we can hearken back to the voice of the Lord over the waters at the moment of creation, where there was this vast darkness over the void. The Lord speaks over the waters and the world is created. And in a new creation, again, over the waters of the Jordan River, the Lord is speaking hundreds of years after the psalm as he opens the heavens and speaks over Jesus being baptized by his cousin, right? There's such a literary, just at the literary level, there's such a beautiful resonance that the Lord opened the heavens at creation, opened the heavens when David is singing all these psalms, opened the heavens when Jesus begins his ministry and decides to become one of us bending down so low to receive the baptism even though he did not need it and we hear the same words again the water is the voice comes from heaven you are my beloved son with whom i am well pleased the resonance of those words is one of the beautiful things that keeps me coming back to this podcast that you started um in your absence it's a really wonderful um, just a wonderful exercise and just grateful once again that you see people, Marco, and you know how to inspire them to take action. You're an action guy. And so is Jesus, right? He's here with full humility. What do you make of the gospel reading? What do you, what do you want to kind of reflect on? The most interesting, interesting thing for me is, um, the concept of humility because it's it's a tricky thing right because if someone knows that they're being humble and they're doing it for the sake of being able to say that they were humble then they're being prideful right like if jesus says that he knows he's greater than this but he knows he has to do it to make other people think that he's a humble person then in reality he's just even being more prideful than if he didn't get baptized and there's a way a very, a very tricky way of doing it where you you almost don't let it affect you you don't let these out, outside external uh, thoughts affect you and, and you realize the purpose which is the key to humility the purpose behind your actions um, not doing it for the sake of other people but doing it for yourself in, in Jesus case doing it because um, it was in God's plan but I always kind of get uh, confused with what that means. It's it's in God's plan. It almost seems like a like a throwaway uh, to to me. 
And I, I think J- Jesus did it because he wanted to show us that he was one of us, uh, that he is one of us. Um, and that's the real reason why he humbled himself to us. And um, he does it with such grace as he, as he always does. He doesn't allow these external factors to ever sway him or affect him, people's opinions on himself. And f- from, from Palm Sunday to, um, to the Last Supper, um, to the cross, Jesus never allows the opinions of others to influence the things he does and the person that he is and that, that he ends up becoming uh, on the cross and in his resurrection. So I think it's just a beautiful thing to look at Jesus' humility in the light of the reason why he does it, um, being to just show himself, show us that he is human and that he walks with us in life. That is so beautiful, and it brings up such an important point about humility and doing the will of the Father. Jesus says, I don't remember where, that he's come to do the will of the Father, and we find him over and over going off into the mountains, into the desert, in solitude, to pray and to align with the will of the Father. And the humility of Jesus is that being God himself not only becomes one of us, but while he's one of us, his only choice is to do the will of the Father. Like he empties himself of his own will to just do the will of the Father. And one of the things that I love about the the Bible readings is that we've read them thousands of times, literally, but when the Lord wants us to pay attention to something in specific, upon this specific reading, something will pop up that will tell us, this is what I want you to pay attention to. And you know that whenever we go to Mass, I always ask you guys, hey, what strikes you today? What what did you take out of what happened in Mass? It's such an important thing to make sure we are people of reflection because a life that is not reflected upon is not, not worth living, you know. So the thing that popped up for me this time is that Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. Somehow I have missed that or I've missed the significance of that for me today. Here is Jesus baptized by his cousin who just said he's not worth anything and that Jesus is going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit on fire. And Jesus is praying, oh my God. And it is then that heaven opens up and that the Holy Spirit descends upon him. So there is something about the receptivity about prayer. Action is always followed by reflection. And when Jesus is praying, more action that is of a heavenly kind starts to happen. The heavens open I appreciate very much that you are both a guy of action and you are also a man of reflection. Do you have any thoughts about the importance of both for the life of a young man, young woman in the world today? I mean, I think looking at looking at Jesus being baptized and then praying, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think to myself, I mean, there are a couple of reasons why you pray. Uh, this is kind of tangent to your question, but there's a couple of reasons why you pray, at least why I pray. Like, um, of course, reflection is a reason, but like um, when good things happen or bad things happen, you pray. Hopefully when good things happen, most people pray when bad things happen. 
um, when they have no one else to turn to, they, they turn to God. I can imagine Jesus praying as every step of his life unfolds in front of him. And he keeps on asking for counsel. He keeps on asking for advice because although he was God, he was tempted uh, to sin. And he had to fight off these temptations. Uh, temptations that we're tempted, you know, with uh, being on our phone and not hanging out with um, our family. Jesus was tempted by the devil directly. So I, I, I can imagine Jesus here praying for help and for counsel and for advice in the future um, on the journey that just continuously unfolds before him. And I guess similarly, uh, I totally agree. Uh, a life that is not reflected upon the whole reason we're human is because we have the power to reflect and change on the person we were. And it's difficult. And I think people don't reflect that much because um, it's, it, it's like opening up a whole other world. Uh, it looks so easy on the outside to just be very surface level. But as soon as you try to tackle bigger problems, you can, you know, get in your own head or start thinking uh, unhealthy things. But at the end of the day, it's this struggle that keeps us alive. It's the struggle that keeps us going, the struggle towards Jesus. Um, it, I don't know where it says in the Bible, and maybe this is a horrible paraphrase, but mm-hmm. you can you can gain the world, um, but like lose eternal life and lose, lose mm-hmm. God in it. And that's not also a, a life worth living. And to be able to live a life worth living, you need to reflect so that you, you don't ever lose that eternal life. And you might gain the world, but if you do it with God at your side, then I think that's the greatest place to be in. Um, working hard uh, through action and through reflection. You can um, be humble in your victories and humble in your defeats and be successful in life and also successful in the eyes of God and um, walk like Christ, live like Christ. And, and I think that's how you're able to do both. Uh, but, I, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> reflecting on that uh, as of now. Well, thank you so much for these reflections, Marco. We always end in the podcast with bringing a petition to the throne of God. And uh, I'd like to um, say a bit of a prayer and you're welcome to complete it, if that's okay with you. So I will begin and then you can end the prayer. Father Almighty, we come to your heavenly throne with praise and thanksgiving. We join our voices to the voices of the angels and the archangels and sing hallelujah because your son walked amongst us because he bent down in solidarity with us so that we can return back to you. We are grateful for the baptism of the Lord. We are grateful for our own baptism, Father. And we pray for those people in our lives, in our friendships, in our workplaces that are not baptized, Father, that the light of the Holy Spirit may come through us and touch their lives so that they want to receive the Holy Spirit and the fire of God in heaven. You want to add something, Marco? I don't think I can add anything to that. I'm, I'm not <laughs> nearly as good with prayer, so I think that was a great one. Father Almighty, I thank you for my son, Marco, for him joining me here today, for his words of wisdom that always enlighten my heart and give me hope in a great future, which is what you have planned for each one of us. That you've written our names in the book of life so that we can do your will, Father, the greatest aspiration that you have for our lives. So we come to you in meditation and reflection to hear your voice today and every day of this year. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I thank God for my mom. (laughs) Oh, my love.
Thank you, friends, for listening. You make it possible for the word of God to spread. Share the podcast with others today. Thank you. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.